Hi, and welcome to Best Practices Chats. In this podcast, I will have chats with middle school band directors from around South Carolina about best practices from their teaching that they are willing to share with you. My name is Mike Dahl, and I will be the host of these chats. If you have any questions about the information shared, if you need some clarification about something we discussed, or if you want to continue the discussion, simply email the director from this episode. I'm sure they will be willing to help. We hope you enjoy today's chat. Well, today we're going to be chatting with Miss Connie Grantham, who's a band director in the uh, upstate of South Carolina. So, Connie, tell us a little bit about uh, where you teach and what your um, uh, background is, things like that. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I am the the band director at Fort Mill Middle School in Fort Mill School District um, up in uh, York County. Uh, I've been teaching 32 years. This is year 32. Um, and I've taught a beginner band just about every year that I, in middle school band, just about every year that I've been teaching. Taught a few years of high school as well. Um, let's see. When I started band in sixth grade, I was grad- in, in North Augusta, went through the North Augusta band program, and I had really great band directors. Uh, my beginner band teacher was a gentleman named Joe Wilson from Tennessee, and he was the high school director at North Augusta at the time, and uh, we had band at elementary school, um, and it was a lot of fun. And then uh, when I was what would now be middle school, it was called junior high school at the time. It was a 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade campus. Um, I went to North Augusta Junior High, and uh, my director was Barbara Grable. And um, she honestly is probably one of the reasons I'm a band director because she was uh, the first time I had been around um, a female band director. All just the ones that I knew had always been men. And uh, I just thought she was, it was really neat uh, that she was doing the same thing. So she was a big inspiration for me. And then I went to North Augusta High School. Uh, for grades 10 through 12, and Richard Brasco was my high school band director, mm. and um, uh, just he's an, he's an icon in South Carolina and Georgia, um, he taught at North Augusta High School, and then he moved to Evans um, High School um, uh, not long after I graduated, and uh, does a lot of clinics and adjudication now, uh, even today, and I uh, just really thought the world of him. Uh, then moved on to the University of South Carolina and studied flute under Connie Lane, and then was the band program was uh, Jim Copenhaver and Andy Gowan and um, all their fine people that work on their staff uh, that I had for college um, instruction. So I feel like I've been very blessed to have great people to uh, guide me as I got into this profession and, and, uh, kind of in, in reflection, feel kind of lucky to be honest with you, Absolutely. um, to have those, uh, those folks in my life. So that's, that's kind of how I got started. Well, that's cool. Well, before we get into the, the talking about beginners and things, tell us what, what would be one thing that you, uh, I mean, obviously, um, as band directors, we, we tend, especially this time of year to, sort of live in the band room and uh-huh. um, not necessarily the healthiest thing, but what, what's one thing that you like to do, you know, for fun or just for your, for you that uh, doesn't really involve music or teaching. It's just something that maybe a, a you know, a, a um, hobby or something like that that you like to do. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it, 
people that know me, I, I, I am very active in, in with band world. Um, and uh, with uh, Randy, my husband also being a band director, we're, you know, as they say at Firehouse uh, Subs, we're fully involved <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Um, but, you know, we do like to do things on our own. Probably one of the most, one of the things that I enjoy doing and probably people will be very surprised by that as I'd like to do so to sew a little bit. Um, it's, it's one of those things that's completely different from, uh, everyday life. It's quiet and, and, uh, gives me a chance to be a little creative. I am not good at it, <laughs> but, uh, I enjoy just the quiet time and trying to figure out, you know, the, the, the patterns and, and how, how it works and that kind of thing. And if it turns out great, great if it turns out not so great that's okay too because it's just been kind of relaxing to do that kind of thing yeah we, so. I'm, i used to be i don't get to do it as much as i used to but i used to really be into uh scroll sawing where you know you take a, a pattern and you cut it out with uh, uh-huh. uh the a, a saw and just make these really neat intricate patterns and and designs uh-huh. and things and uh, that's just one of those things that I need to get back into because, uh-huh. uh, you know, it brought me a lot of enjoyment. And like I said, it's completely different. Um, it's kind of like when people say, hey, what do you like to listen to when you're in the car? And I'd say, silence. You know, I, lo- <laughs> I love to hear silence. Um, yeah, it's, it, I'm with you on that. And, and, and every now and again, I want to turn it to um, a channel that that's, that plays, you know, music from when we were in high school or <laughs> in college and just kind of, you know, chill a little bit to that. Um rather than constantly listening to, uh, you know, what we do every day, because it is, and it's, it's fun to sing in the car, too. <laughs> that's right, and there, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of groups back then that had some good horn sections, man, that's for sure. Well, that is for sure, that is for sure, so, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's probably one of those things that, you know, I would never see, uh, Connie Grantham doing that, but, um, I do, and, and it's and it's fun. And a lot of things go in the trash can when I get done because <laughs> it doesn't look too good. Yeah. But it's it's very relaxing. All righty. Well, you know, obviously the thing that's on every middle school band director's mind right now, um, as we get getting ready to start this year, is you know what are we going to do with those beginners? Are we going to use the thing that we've done in the past because it works well for us, or do we want to modify it? And so we're just I'm just trying to to chat with a four or five directors and, and get different uh-huh. perspectives and, you know, people with different um, situations and different amounts of experience and stuff. And so, you know, obviously starting beginners um, is pretty much the thing that uh, is going to define our band for the next several years and right. even, even into the high school. Um, when, if the kids don't get a good start, um, then, you know, it, it's, it's really hard um, at that point point to move forward because they've got to have that good foundation so I guess the first question I, I would have for you is you know um, and this is probably something that's happened already I would assume uh, but what are some of the ways that that um, maybe even at maybe the school you're at now or you've done in the past where you've been able to recruit you know how do you get those kids first of all that want to be in band um, you know, how do you, how are you able to do that in the situations that you found yourself in in the last 30 years? Right. Well, <clears throat> I think different school district kind of mandate how you're able to do that. Um, that's, that's the first thing that I have found working in uh, multiple school districts. I've, I've, I've taught in Fort Mill. I've also taught in Spartanburg School District 7 um, and also in the York School District. And uh, when I started in the York School District, uh, they would do... Um, 
I don't know if they still do it this way, but when I was there, they they would do in fifth grade a uh, listening test, um, rhythmic test, and 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 the kids would then come in um, with their test results in the spring um, and and sign up for band, and we would talk them through um, what instruments they wanted to play, and then we would have like a little summer camp, uh, a little three-week camp, one hour a day for each instrument um, and get them started that way. And then when we got to school, you know, we had already done how to put it together, and, you know, we, we maybe got through the first... 10 or 12 exercises and and you know all those things how to make a sound um so they kind of had a little bit of a head start when school started and that worked great uh for that situation and and in district seven um they uh, were fortunate enough to have uh, elementary band fifth and sixth grade so that was a different process and because i taught the junior high and high school i wasn't really involved with that other than i knew that these kids um they started at the beginning of the year, I think I'm telling this right, and in the fifth grade, and they went through the instrument selection, I believe, right as school started and got them started. And they were a two-day-a-week uh, situation, so um, that's how that happened. Now, currently, uh, at Fort Mill, I've been there 19 years, um, the, the one thing I found very interesting is, is how recruitment is done in Fort Mill because the band program has had a rich tradition of being very good, um, which, you know, as a middle school director, I find great responsibility with that because uh, I want to make sure that my students are prepared to be in high school, and, and that ultimately goes down to that sixth grade year, they must have fundamental teaching. So th- we don't really recruit so much. Um, in Fort Mill. Kids just sign up for band. But one of the things that I like to do um, is I I will get uh, a list of all the rising sixth graders who are coming to my school and I actually send them a personal letter to invite them to be a part of the band um, when they sign up for their classes in sixth grade. Um, that's followed up with we have tours of the school in spring um, that the kids come and the band and the chorus is invited to do a small little presentation so I usually have my beginner band my sixth grade band as the group that um that plays for that and we're we're uh, preparing for our spring concert so it's a great kind of dress rehearsal for the band and they you know what I like about that is they're only one year removed from the fifth grade so a lot of them are friends with uh or neighborhood friends with a kids that are visiting the school and so there's that connection there oh I see my friend in band I want to do that too um and then they they do sign-ups for band um it has been very successful for me um uh, you know I don't know if it's the the perfect way to do it I'm sure there are better ways to do it but for the, the the situation that I'm in, it has been very successful for me. I've had a lot of students interested each year and um, never really had to, you know, worry about enrollment. Um, it seems to work. And one thing that I have found with the letter that I sent um, might be a kid that, you know, I don't know if I want to be in band, you know, that just for that, that one-on-one contact and just getting something in the mail that's addressed to them um, is very special. And I've had many, many parents tell me, man, I, you know, I, my kid didn't know if they wanted to do that, but man, when they read that letter, and I tried to make the letter very positive and, you know, informative to parents, but, but really kind of geared to the child. 
Um, and uh, I still do that. And then, then when we get to school, and we don't do anything else other than that. We don't do anything in the summer, and, I, and, it's, and it's, that is calculated because I don't want to uh, assign something to a child, and then parents go out on the search for an instrument during the summer. Um, because I like to be able to help my parents and guide them in that procurement of an instrument. Uh, as we all know, there's all kinds of things out there they can find on the internet. And uh, one thing I don't want them to do is to waste their money on, on something that might seem like a good deal online. And uh, if they're novice at it, they don't know what they're looking for. So that's one reason we don't do the, let's pick an instrument over the summer so we can immediately start with instruments when school starts. Right. Um, and again, that's been very successful, and parents are uh, honestly are very grateful for the honesty and and, and okay, you know, because we all like to go and shop online. Who doesn't? And, you know, that's where we're at mm-hmm. um, in modern society. But um, they they seem to be very grateful for the honesty, you know, because they are spending their own money on on something that can be expensive, um, and. Uh, so that part has been successful for me in Fort Mill. Um, <clears throat> so from that point, when we get to school, there's a whole, you know, we we uh, we really start what I call from ground zero. And I get, and I'm sure all of us get this. I get parents and children that come in all the time and say, "I don't know anything about music," and my answer to that is perfect. That's great right. because I'm going to teach you everything you you need to know. If you know nothing, I promise you, you will you will learn very quickly. And and, and to me, that's like a clean palette. Right. You know, they, I, I can I can mold it and develop it the way that I, that I feel like they need to to be able to learn fundamentally. And then I have kids that come in all the time. You know, well, I've taken piano lessons, and you know, uh, some do take formal lessons. Some just you know have an aunt that showed them how to play something or that kind of thing. Or, you know, I play drums um, or <laughs> I play and I play, you know, something. And, and, and generally that's just something maybe they've done at church or on their own or uh, maybe at a camp or something like that, you know, right. that they yeah. not necessarily had formal training on it. And then there's some really fantastic um general music teachers in the elementary schools where some kids come in and really can read music and really can understand basic rhythm through their recorder units. And so they have a good understanding of, you know, reading one line of music and counting and that kind of thing. So um, I find that that those students, you know, do really, really well at the beginning of band. Um, I just, you know, sometimes their counting system may be slightly different than what I like to uh, communicate with with my children. Um, And we can adjust that and they do well. Um, So we do, when they come in, um, in fact, they come in on Monday, they the first thing I'm going to do is give them a theory workbook. Um, and uh, they, we will do basic theory um, for about three weeks, maybe more. And during that time, um, I bring in people who are proficient on each instrument, and they come and they do a little demo for the kids. Um, so I have someone come in and, you know, and it's, it's, and they, it's fun. It, they play children's songs. They play, you know, movies, movie uh, snippets from movies, movie uh, uh, soundtracks, you know, things that they're familiar with and mm-hmm. gets them really excited about it. Um, and then after we do that, we go through a process. I, I do mouthpiece testing um, for every child on every instrument. 
uh, and that includes doing some rhythmic stuff on a percussion pad and even some mallet stuff. And that's really fun for the kids because, you know, they get a chance to see these instruments and then and everybody gets a chance to do every kind of mouthpiece. And, um, and we collect data on that. Um, and then after that, um, I do, I call the beginning band petting zoo, and I'm sure a lot of people do that, um, where we have a day where um, I break the class into small groups and literally have a, my rehearsal room set up with every instrument in the band, and I let them walk through, and I let every kid try to hold every instrument. And it's really, really fun to watch them um uh, in some cases, change their mind as to what they really liked um, and kind of see that light kind of turn on when they pick up a particular instrument that, that interests them. Um, and that's fun for them to do. And uh, and then the next thing we do, I'm, I'm sorry I'm being so wordy, but the next thing we do uh, is I let them do a wish list. Now, the wish list, they can put three things on their wish list. And it can't be flute, flute, or flute. It has to be three different instruments that they would love to play. And I tell them, I said, okay, now I'm going to take your wish list, and I'm going to take all the mouthpiece testing data and the rhythm data and even some um, assessments from your theory books, and I'm going to try to line you up, match you up, um, for one of these three instruments. And I, and I want you to make sure that the three you put down there, you're going to be just as happy. Um, so they're not like first choice, second choice, third choice. They're all on the same level playing field. Um, I said it's like Christmas. If you had three things you wanted on the Christmas tree, what would they be? <clears throat> and uh, so that's how I do it. And then we, I give out the assignments after I spend about, about three days, long weekend, just really kind of, going through it and making sure that that uh, kids are placed on the right thing that I think they're hopefully going to be successful on, you know, as soon as they can. Um, and then we go from there. Um, it takes, that process takes about five weeks. We, I think we start playing, actually unpacking and playing somewhere in late September. So, so. a um, couple of questions that, that uh, I'm sure that other folks might be at wondering too is, uh, what theory book are you using when you're, you know, what, what do you pass out to them? You know what, I, for the longest time, I used um, the Master Theory Workbook, but just recently I have changed books, and it's called Fundamentals for Music Theory. It's by Northland Publications, uh, and it's actually published um, out of Mooresville, North Carolina, and it's a theory book that is that is written for band instruction, um, and I love it. Uh, it has a supplemental uh, book of assessments, uh, written quizzes, um, and it is probably one of the most thorough music theory books that is um, age-appropriate for beginners all the way through high school's students that I have come across. And I use it all year long when you get, it comes in a, um, it's, it's a book. It's like a workbook. Um, and it's about 80 pages long. Already has hole punches in it, so you can put it in your binder if you want to. Um, and it starts from scratch. And what I love about it is, is the way, they, they explain, well, first of all, the book was written by band writers, and they explain 
music theory the way we explain music theory in the band room, um, using the same verbiage that, that is very common among band directors, and explain um, time signatures and rhythm and how to count very, very well. Um, and I have been so pleased with the progress of my kids and just understanding basic concepts when we get into our band book and into actually playing music, um, I can use, uh, talk to them on a higher level. Um, and I felt, I felt like, felt like this was, uh, I love the master theory workbook, but to me it was, it was more piano based, um, or just basic theory for anyone. This particular book that I'm using is really designed for band and, uh, I would highly recommend it. That's that yellow and white book. Uh, basically, a white background with yellow yeah. and yellow on it in the front with uh, black lettering. Yes. And um, <clears throat> I can't remember that. I used to use that book when I was up in York as well, York County as well. And I don't remember how. How do you order it? They actually remember they used to bring it to me or something. I'm sorry. I, 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 they used to bring it to me at rehearsal actually when. <laughs> We were, oh, yeah. When we had uh, the the Winthrop band, uh, yes, uh, they they do deliver. In fact, I got my delivery two days ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's a husband and wife team that publishes the book. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it, but I will be glad to email that to you if you want to post yeah, that. That'd be good. Um, um, I, 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 I'm ashamed of myself for not using it a lot sooner than I have because it's a really good book. Um, it's, it, I think it costs twelve ninety five, but, and that sounds expensive, but I'm just going to tell you, I used it all year long. Right. Um, I love the way that it teaches kids how to figure out scales. Mm -hmm. There's, um, it, I love the way it shows them how to learn key signatures. Um, all of the instruction of, of it, the, 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 uh, the pictures and everything are large so that they can, you know, really see what's going on within the staff right. versus, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. uh, that's sometimes tough. Um, and when they do review units, at the end of the unit, they have a review unit, and it starts off, the first unit has like 17 fill-in-the-blank or true-false kind of questions of everything they've learned to that point. But every time they have a review unit, there's more questions, of course, that always go back to unit one and keep pounding in those basics. Right. And um, and I love the fact that they do that because that sometimes we forget to do that once we get into teaching uh, because there's so much to do. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, I would highly recommend it. Um, it it's, it's just a, a wonderful book. And yeah. um, the best part about it is, is if you're if you need a quick test uh, assessment and you don't have time to write one out for yourself, this little book of quizzes that they have, you just go to the copy machine and you know That's shoot right. them out how much you, how many you need and you're good to go and um, and it's directly reflective of you know the units that are in the book. So yeah. saves you um, a ton of time too. Oh yeah. Absolutely, and and uh, again, I just like the way the verbiage is in the in the book, and mm -hmm. and uh, so I've I've had I've had good results with. It. I'm sure others could as well if they wanted to try it. Okay, um, now I was just kind of making some real quick notes as you were going through your you know your process of trying to figure out what what's going to fit the kid the best, and 
And so uh -huh. what and make see if I've got this right. So what I wrote down was that one of the first things you do you're going to do is you're going to have uh, you know local players come in and, and demonstrate for the kids. And and yes. uh, are these people that are uh, just local professionals? Do you do you pay them or do they come in to do it for free because they're your your buddies or? professionals some of them are on our band staff okay uh at the high school uh sometimes the high school band directors will come in and, okay. and you know what whatever their specialty is mm -hmm. um and that gives them a time to connect with the kids okay. as well and and then you know what i like about mm -hmm. that is kids see the um the vertical alignment of right. the band program exactly um and, you know that it's it's not just a sixth grade class oh this is a thing we can do for you know till whenever mm -hmm. and um I, that part i like a lot um most of them are staff that are that are on the band staff that come in to do okay. um sectionals maybe at the high school and they come over they will come over to the middle school and help us get started with that um, from time to time i'll have um maybe a college student from winthrop university come over mm -hmm. um that may have been uh, a student in our band program so that shows the kids that they're you know that the legacy part of it and that you can do band past high school right um and you know a lot of time, what's neat about that is those those mm -hmm. students will come in sometime and tell them about their experience when they were you know in middle school and that kind of thing um and it, it also is somebody closer to their age um and every now and again, I may have, if I have an all-state level student in the eighth grade, I may have them come in. And if they're taking lessons, play, can you play what this little thing that you're doing in your lesson just to show the sixth graders? Um, and they absolutely love that, oh, yeah. uh, the, the player and the kids. Because yeah. I see that kid at school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a variety, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, uh and it's been real successful. Yeah. And I love it when they come in. What are we going to see today? Yeah. Okay. They, they get them excited about it. Yeah, they're excited about that. So. Well, then, when you so you had the players come in, then you did the mouthpiece testing, and do you uh, do you do all the mouthpiece testing yourself personally, or do you have some people to help with that? I do have people help me with that, so I can continue the theory instruction because okay. when you have two classes uh, that are, are you know. 30 or more or 40 or more at one time, yeah. um, that can be organized, you know, it's, it's organized chaos is what it is. Mm -hmm. And, and so, so go ahead. while I'm teaching, I'll do, uh, there'll be like a, a round robin, you know, I have a, a student that's maybe in my office with someone doing flute mouthpiece testing and then or they might take four at a time and then those four come out and four more go in um, and all the time. We we on mouthpiece testing days. I, I'm reviewing so that no no new material is being uh, given to the kids. So I don't want them to miss out. Um, but we're doing theory, and uh, and so that's fun. And, and it, you know each each mouthpiece. Well, depending on the size of class, could take one or two class periods to do right. that. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, you know, so we'll, we'll start not long after school starts, we'll start doing that mouthpiece testing, um, which kind of gives them that, okay, I'm not in another academic class, even though it kind of feels that way doing theory, I am doing something with the instruments and, and that's exciting to them. Right. Um, and, uh, so kind of doing all that at the same time. Then there's at least two or three days a week, um, as we get started, uh, that I, I am 
I don't have anybody in because I, I have that new uh, lesson in theory that I want to cover. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll have two people in. I may have a woodwind testing going on, and then across the room I might have brass testing going around. So, you know, we might take just one day where we just take a break from theory, and, and I'll let the kids, um, uh, you know, we might have a, a YouTube video of the of a, a military band or a, a concert band playing so they can kind of see, you know, everything in action, while they're, what they're working towards while right. these people are testing. So, um yeah, it's just, it's a lot of variety um, before we get our instruments, and that's to keep their interest and also so we can get all that testing done mm-hmm. at the same time. So when you do, the, so then the third part sounded like you, you then had a kind of a petting zoo where you allowed them to yes. pick up the instruments, and uh, mm-hmm. now were those instruments, did you, did you have the mouthpieces on there or just for them to pick up and move their fingers on and see what they felt like and things like that. Just to pick them up, just mm-hmm. to pick them up. Um, and, uh, cause a lot of them particularly with a horn and euphonium and all that, they, they want to see how heavy they are. Right. Uh, yeah. or even alto sax, you know, how heavy is this? Cause, um, that's, that's real important to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I get that. Um, and, uh, so we, I, I, I have little stations that they can sit down and do all that kind of stuff. And, um, and I show them how, you know, quickly show them how, you know, uh, to hold them or how it would be held and let them try. And some of them get it right away. Some of them don't, you know, it's kind of awkward, but that's okay. I just want them to, you know, just kind of play around with it. And if I had mouthpieces on it, it, it would, it would be kind of disorganized because in, in my mind, because, uh, you wouldn't be able to talk to them because they're, they're oh, yeah. too busy and anxious to, to make sounds. Um, and a cleaning so, nightmare. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is middle school. So, well, I just, I <laughs> wanted know? to, I, I figured that's what you were doing. I just want to make sure that, that, uh, yeah. everybody understood that. So then you, uh, you know, the kids write down their wish list and you kind of put that information together with what they've been tested on. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so now we've gotten to the point where the kids have been assigned an instrument or they've kind of helped, helped in that process. And let's go ahead and say that we've already gone through getting instruments from the music store and all that. You know, once uh-huh. you get to the point where, okay, every kid's got their instrument, we're ready to go, this is the first day we're going to play, um, are, do you uh, tell us what you do um, in, in that initial startup, do you have do you do this all during school? Do you have an after school time? Do you bring other people in to help? Do you do, you know do you do all on your own? Do you, how do you how do you do that initial startup of instruments? Um. Well, first of all, let me let me say this. Uh, after we get our our instruments assigned, uh, we are able in our school district uh, to then uh, have the kids schedules rearranged for their related arts classes or exploratory, whatever you call it in your district, to where they're in homogeneous classes. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're, we are, are able to do that, um, which is really nice. Um, so I will have like a woodwind class and a brass class in the percussion or in their, I think they're usually with the woodwind class. Um, and so we... So I do a lot of it myself, um, and it's very helpful when I have the, the like instruments together, particularly in the brass class, 
because I can, you know, teach buzzing. I mean, it's pretty universal with the exception of horns and that kind of thing. But I can teach buzzing and and how to make that initial sound uh, to that group, you know, very easily. Uh, and, you know, and in the woodwinds, I start uh, I start with head joints, uh, mouthpiece and ligatures with the single reeds. Um you know, and we kind of, I call it like, you have build a bear, I call it build a horn. You know, we start putting parts together and, you know, um, understanding how to how to get sounds from that. Um, of course, we do a lot of breathing exercises on top of that. Um, and, you know, we just, I try to make sure those embouchures are set before we actually have the complexity and the awkwardness for a lot of them of, of actually holding the horn to make a, that sound, that very first sound, um, so that they're being successful with that. Because, you know, if clarinet players can't play, get, get those reeds to vibrate or the saxophones can't get them to vibrate, it doesn't matter if you put it on the horn or not, it's not going to work. Right. And my my, my uh, idea is I want them to be able, the first time that horn goes together, to have all those uh, muscles and embouchure techniques somewhat down fundamentally so that when they do blow in it the first time it's a sound and it's not a you know eyes popping out of their head or or a disappointment that, that you know they say oh i can't do this because it didn't happen the first time mm-hmm. um so i try to be real um fundamental with that and the day we do put it in it, it it's 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 a couple of times to do that because you know um <laughs> When you open that case up for the first time and and start start that first thing you want to do is put it together, but you know it takes time for a clarinet player and saxophone player to learn how to put that read on and um, and get it on there without you know breaking six reeds or getting the ligature tight enough and and that kind of thing. So it's a process, and but it's a really nice. Way. And so we have our make our make a joyful noise day. Yeah. That, that we uh, that that's when I'm sure that everybody is, is ready to do that, and uh, I invite the administration in, <laughs> and we uh, we make our joyful noise, and it is uh, you know uh, there's a, a segment in uh, one of the SpongeBob cartoons where they uh, decide they're going to have a band at Bikini Bottom, mm-hmm. and Squidward is the director, of course, and uh, everybody shows up with their instrument, and uh, he. Uh, He's ready to start this little community band down in Bikini Bottom, and he goes one and a two and a three, and everybody makes this sound, and it sounds just like a beginner band, but the funny thing about it is the building explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's glass all over the floor and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah, that's beginner band. That's day one of sound. But um, we call it uh, we call it Make a Joyful Noise Day, and uh, it's fun. And it's usually the last thing we do on that class period, so it's kind of like the... Uh, the teaser for the next day. Right. It's fun. I used to, (laughs) I guess when I was at uh, Ronson Road, I would, uh, several years there, I would videotape that first day once we were all kind of ready to make the first noise and uh, then kind of go through and let each section uh, make whatever their appropriate or, well, in some cases, inappropriate sounds they were making at that point and then Uh go back and show that to them at the end of the sixth grade right before our you know a lot of times i'd play it at the concert right, right before the yes. sixth grade band played and say you know here's uh-huh. and, and then if i a couple of years i actually could still find it when they were getting ready to play their last concert of eighth grade 
and would play it for them. And it was just amazing to for them and the parents to see just you know how much progress they made. Um, right. You know when they when we did that, but I like to make a joyful noise. That that's a that's a great title for that. I have to have to steal that one to. And my favorite, though, is uh, the very first concert they play. I call it the demonstration concert, you know, maybe after the first semester. Um, and the parents come in, and um, and we do it during our related arts time, invite the parents in and do it in the gym and all that. And um, the parents, you can just sit, you, you can see the faces of them when they're sitting down, going, okay, oh, God, we got to sit through a band concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're sitting there, and the kids are really doing a great job. And you can just see the parents go, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds pretty good. And um, <laughs> it's probably my favorite concert of the year um, out of all of them that I do. And uh, is, is that demonstration concert because uh, of the, the parents just, you know, being willing to come in. And I think they think they're going to hear, uh, you know, honks and squawks and, and uh, you know, just the, the typical, stereotypical uh impression of what band is which is unfortunate but it is what it is i think that's what they're going to hear and then all of a sudden you know these kids are playing real songs and and real band pieces and it's it's pretty amazing to the parents so Mm. that's that's probably one of my favorite moments as well (laughs) well um i guess the last thing we'll talk about about the beginners here um before we wrap it up is um so you've gone through and everybody's gotten their instruments you put them together they've all learned how to Hold, hold the instrument correctly, good embouchures, all that kind of good stuff. They're making their joyful noises. Um, how long do you generally take between sort of that that point and actually putting uh, the, um, the skill of creating the sound of the instrument with the skill of reading the music on the page? How, how long do you generally go where you're, where you, before you introduce um, music reading to the mix of you know, because we're asking these kids to, to do a lot of cognitive things at one time, and then you throw, throw that music reading in, that, that foreign language, uh, and that's just another another uh, kink in the chain. Well, you know what, I, Mike, I really think this is where the theory instruction really is the bridge mm-hmm. um, between them, you know, just reading the music in the theory book and actually being able to play it and then connecting those skills. So what I do is I have a, we, we start, we don't start in the book. We start with a handout and it's, um, call it five note scale. And I'm sure a lot of people do this. Um, and I teach them five different notes and I have it, you know, written on the staff, have the name of the note underneath it. And I, I introduced to them how to read their fingering chart with this five-note scale that they're going to have to use in their book. And, you know, it shows up every time a new note comes in the book. Um, so I do all of that for them. And we will learn um, a five-note scale. And I, I will do rhythmic things with them. And I don't even tell them what the rhythm is. And I will, I will play a rhythm or whatever the note of the day is. And they play it back back to me um and then eventually we get to where we're playing a five note scale and i'll do that uh, probably for a week or so and in that within that five note scale you can play mary had a little lamb um and i will i will kind of call and response that with them and they think that's great fun Mm -hmm. um and my first little assessment that i do for them is great fun for them and i call it parent concert 
and it's an assignment. And what they have to do is they have to go home and they have to play a parent concert for their for their, their folks. Um, and then I give them credit for it if I get an email from mom or dad that their child has played. Um, and what that does for me is that connects with the parents, makes parents uh, aware of what we're doing in band class. But the, the, the really sweet comments I get from parents in emails, and I love it because right when I get to school, my, my computer has blown up with emails from these parents. Just the sweet comments that they uh, will say, like, man, I recognize that song. <laughs> Yeah. Or I can't believe that they're playing a song this quickly. That you know, little things like that. Just mm-hmm. their awareness and keeping them aware. And I do parent concerts a lot um, during sixth grade, and I will do uh, an assessment with. Okay, and I'll I will prep the parents before the concert. I say you, your child's going to have a parent concert tonight. They're going to play these exercises in the book. Would you please initial the book that they played them for you? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the honor system. And then, that's half the grade. Then the next day in class, I have that same test in class. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I give them the other half of their grade. Um, and it, I'm telling you, I, and when, if, every time I have a parent concert, I get really, just really cute responses from parents. Or just, hey, thank you for, you know, uh, making them practice or, you know, expecting them to practice. Um, it's a lot of fun to hear them play. You know, I even get videos sometimes of them playing their concert and the dogs are howling and, hmm. <laughs> you know, or it's out in the yard because they don't want to play in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stuff. I, think, funny. I think one of the funniest comments I got from a, from a kid one time was this, this girl had decided to play saxophone, you know, just like, her, her mama probably thought, just like other mamas thought, that, oh, she's going to sound like Kenny G, which is right. which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. But anyway, so she, she uh, we, we played our first, you know, notes that day in class, and she went home and, and you know, proudly showed her mama, and, uh, you know, it might even have been where she, you know, could play hot cross buns or something, I can't remember. Uh-huh. And she comes in the next day with this really sad look on her face, and I said, oh, what, you know, little Susie, what's wrong? And she said, well, my mama said, that I had to go practice out on the back porch and that she was buying me a coat for winter. So she <laughs> made that poor girl yeah. practice outside all the time. <laughs> I, I know. My favorite, though, is when, when the dogs are howling. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they're singing to what they're playing. Anyway, <laughs> so I really enjoy that, and it, it makes a good connection with parents as well. And uh, uh, so we to, to get back to your question, I kind of digress. Um, I would say, uh, I stay on that five-note scale page for, gosh, at least a week, and then we use it as our warm-up, quote, warm-up, as we start to transition into the book. Um, And and again, also doing some um, quick review of the theory book, especially on lines and spaces, um, so that... You know, it's a daily diet of that stuff. Um, and I have found that the kids seem to transition to the book fairly easy that way. Um, you know, it's not a perfect, not perfect for every student, but it's, it, it does, for the majority, it's, it's a very successful. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, appreciate you sharing your time and wisdom with us. Um, I've always been a big fan of yours and just the you know the hard work that 
you've always put in, the success that your bands have, and um, well, you're very kind. <laughs> you know, love to maybe chat with you again sometime about you know one of the things that that uh, also seems to be um, you know really well done in your district is just the sort of the total program effort that you guys have where it's not just the such and such middle school and the such and such high school band it's basically you know from the time that they start until the time they finish it's you know it's one one band program um, that right. uh, where, where the directors all seem to work really well together and and have a um, not a an us and them sort of mentality but more of a right. you know, let, let's let's uh, love on these kids from the time that they start uh, mm-hmm. with their joyful noise until the time they graduate and go to college and, and right. uh, so I know that that's not necessarily the case in all band programs and so it'd be really good to to talk with you about that in the future maybe and just see if we can you know just share some because uh, you know I had that same situation when I worked with with uh, Larry Wells at Northwestern and Joplin right. and uh, would love just to chat with you and see if maybe uh, we can just offer some insights into how that came about because I know it takes a lot of effort um, it's, it's not a it's not something that comes naturally you know because we kind of get stuck in our own little world but um, well I think I think and this may be something that you might want to talk about at some point in time too I think it all comes down to vertical alignment right. and and the vertical alignment is not from high school down it's really from from middle school up um, and and I you know that that could be a whole hour of discussion on that. Oh, absolutely. But um, but yeah, I would love to do that. And, okay. Um, I, I really hope that what I had to say today is helpful to people. Uh, I sometimes I think when you're in your own little world, sometimes you kind of go, okay, I don't, I'm not real sure I'm doing this the right way. And I I, I have to then I have to, I have to tell kind of a random secret. I I have to study up every year when I get ready to start those beginners on every little thing about, you know, how to, how to hold these instruments. And my biggest thing that I have a blind, a mind block on is trombone. Mm-hmm. I'm a left-handed person and I never can remember which shoulder to, to <laughs> put it on because I am, I, I want to do that slide so badly a different way because I'm left-handed. So I oh, have yeah. to, I have to go through that too. It's just, <laughs> it's an education every year for me. All right. <laughs> Well, looking uh, looking forward to talking with you again in the future, and uh, I'll put your email in the in the comments. Perfect. And if anybody wants to to follow up with you on anything, they can do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. All right.